Welcome to Revival Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy another powerful message by Apostle Jean-Pierre Becker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at revivalcc.org. Say it one more time, increase and favor. Just a little bit more in-house, please. Malachi chapter number 3 and verse 10. The Bible says, bring the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall be such a great blessing that there shall be no more room to receive it. Say with me, increase. And favor. The Bible says the moment we honor the king with the tithe, he activates his wealth. And the Bible says that when his wealth is activated, there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many of you have seen the increase throughout the years in honoring God in the tithe? For the sake of babes, what is the tithe? The tithe is. 10% of your income you give to the house of God. The house of God is where you are being fed the word of God. The scripture says, return to the Lord. And they said, how shall we return to the Lord? The Bible says, you shall honor the Lord with the tithe and your offerings. But the Bible says that they were cursed with a curse for they have robbed God. You have robbed the king. When we withhold the tithe, we revel, we rob the king. And how many of you know you don't want to miss, you don't want to mess with the king? You don't want to mess with the king. You don't want to rob the king. The Bible says, You're cursed with a curse, for you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house and try me with this, says the Lord of hosts. If I want to throw open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Say with me, increase and favor. The moment the tithe comes into the hand of the king, favor and increase begins to manifest in your life. Number two, unlimited provision. Unlimited provision because when the tithe goes to the king, the king will make sure the 90 is blessed. The king will make sure that the 90 you live off will be more than enough. Uncapped, unlimited provision. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 says, Honor the Lord. That's the king of kings. With your wealth and with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled with plenty and overflow, and your vats will be brimming with new wine. Say with me, supernatural joy. Number three, supernatural wisdom. Supernatural wisdom. The king will impart his wisdom 
into the life of the tither. Very significant. One of our members in the church, he just shared with me, before coming here, being a faithful tither in this house. This week, he was called to do a job, and before him, another bigger company was there, and they could not fix the problem on this massive machinery. And because he's a faithful tither, he asked the Lord for wisdom. Wisdom is the mind of God to solve a problem. He asked the wisdom of God in the matter, what is the issue on this machine? Because nobody could sort it out. The Lord showed him a small part on this gigantic machinery that is the problem. Say with me, the wisdom of God in every situation. The king, the Bible says, imparted his wisdom to Queen Sheba because she sowed into his life. He imparted wisdom. Say with me, wisdom. Why was King Solomon the most wealthiest man who lived on the earth? Because he had the wisdom of God. The Bible says there will never be another more wealthier person than King Solomon. Why? Because of the wisdom of God. Wisdom means the mind of God comes into the situation. You will find yourself in impossible situations that you cannot sort out by yourself. But because you are faithfully tithing into the king, the king will impart supernatural wisdom. He will give his mind into the matter and the problem will be solved. That was your moment to shout and give him praise and glory for wisdom, for life. Supernatural wisdom. The non-tither is not tithing in the first place because they lack wisdom. The non-tither is not tithing in the first place because they lack the wisdom of God. How many of you agree with me? You giving your tithe is not to pay the bills of God's house. Your tithe is not running this house. I had to repent from that mentality. Because God built his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You give your tithe because it's the wisdom of God in the matters of life. You don't give your tithe because the church is in need. You give your tithe because it's the wisdom of God to tithe. To keep the king happy. As long as the king is happy, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be favored. You're going to walk through open doors. Anybody ready to experience increase in favor? Say with me the wisdom of God. Matthew 6 verse 33, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be given to you as well. It's the wisdom of God to seek the kingdom of God first, to put the kingdom first in your finances. To honor the king first. Number four, impact and influence. There is increase by association. 
The moment Queen Sheba began to associate with the king, everything in her kingdom began to increase. My tithe declares in the spirit, I am in association with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. No other king can beat our king. No other Lord can beat our Lord. Increase by association. My tithes and offerings and my gifts being given to the King of kings and the Lord of lords gives me association with the king. And I see increase in favor by association. Anybody in association? Number four, impact and influence. Proverbs 18 and verse 16. A man's gift given in love. Turn to your neighbor and say love. It must be given in love. It must be sown in love. Don't hate me now. It's the word. I say it's the word. You must love me for teaching you how to give. Say with me, I am a loving giver in the kingdom of God. The Bible says it makes room for him and brings him before great men. Listen to the message translation. I love this. Proverbs 18, 16. A gift gets attention. It buys the attention of eminent people. In fact, I've seen it over and over and over, and I don't say this to get a gift from you, but I, I know the gift in me and how the gift operates. The moment somebody comes to me with a gift in honor and appreciation for the anointing, my gift is open, and anything can flow out of that gift. It's the same with Queen Sheba. She could not even approach King Solomon without presenting a gift to the king. And the Bible says that she loaded her camels with gold. She came with heaps of wealth to honor the presence of the king. And the Bible says that King Solomon said to her, You can ask me anything about my kingdom and how I obtained wealth. The gift of the king opens with the gift. If you see somebody comes in dishonor, let's see if he can heal me. Let's see if he can do something for me. The gift is shut and the anointing cannot even flow. Where a gift is honor with gifts, a gift flows and power flows and the supernatural flows. A gift gets attention. It buys the attention of eminent people. Number five, deliverance and protection. Supernatural deliverance and protection. Malachi 3 verse 11. Then I will rebuke the devourer, insects and plagues for your sake. And he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor will your vine. In the field drop its grapes before harvest, says the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I will taste the grapes. The devil is a liar. He thought he would have his will and his way. 
but he's been arrested by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You will taste the grapes. The grape speaks of his blessing. The grape speaks of his hand upon your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, I will taste the grapes. Number six, a bumper harvest. The term bumper implies the harvest is larger or more successful than usual. You are peculiar. You are not usual. You are unusual. The Bible says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You've been handpicked by the living God. Expect a bumper harvest. An unusual harvest. We are crossing from winter into spring. Don't expect the ordinary. Expect the extraordinary. Anybody up in here and online that is expecting the extraordinary. I am talking about unusual blessing. Unusual favor. Unusual success. I can hear somebody say, oh, it's that prosperity preaching again. No, this is extreme prosperity. Because when I read my Bible, I see that he wants to bless us with more than enough. That we serve in Ephesians 3.20. God, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. It's extreme. Because our God is always over the top. I say your daddy is always over the top. Turn to your neighbor and say over the top. Don't expect little things to happen in your life in the season. Expect mega. Say with me unusual. Exceeding expectation. Woo. Providing abundance of resources. Turn to your neighbor and say you better watch out. Because you're sitting in extreme blessing zone. The moment you took the ticket from the ushers at the gate, you just surrendered yourself to an extreme blessing zone. I mean, you can grow hair in the service. You can get new teeth. You can become taller or shorter. Anything can happen in the blessing zone. In fact, you already received your healing the moment you came through those gates. Because the blessing includes healing in your mortal body. You might have had marital problems before you went over the threshold of the gate. But the moment you went into the yard, your marriage was just revived. Your baby be just your baby just leaped in your womb. Send to your neighbor say extreme blessing zone. Number seven. Well, let me read the scripture before we go into number seven. Second Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, say will be seed to the sower. And bread for food will also supply, and there it is again, increase your store of seed and enlarge 
the harvest of your righteousness. Turn to your neighbor and say, increase. Increase your store. Why increase your store? For what? For seed. I want a bigger storage place for the seed God is going to provide because I am going to move the heart of the king in my sowing. Number seven, stewardship and faithfulness. Stewardship and faithfulness. Luke 16 and verse 10. Or in verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little, how many of you agree with me? Giving 10% of your income to God is little. In fact, it's nothing. Because it doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God's house. It belongs to the king's palace. The church is the king's palace. Every campus is a palace. I don't care if it's a shack. It's a palace when the king shows up. I say it is a palace. When the king arrives, everything is clothed in royalty. And whoever is dishonest with much, whoever is dishonest with very little, will also be dishonest with much. The Bible says that the king cannot trust you. Can the king trust you? That's the question. Because if the king sees you unfaithful with little, you cannot even tithe on your 3,000 or your 30,000 salary. That's small. If you cannot even give 3,000 from that 30,000 as your tithe, how can he increase your salary? I expect it to be quiet, but that's what I love. I'm not an immature preacher that's preaching for response. Because Otani Sarkal. Say with me, it's what the king wants. If the king can trust you, there's no telling what he will do through your life. Pick up in 1 Kings chapter number 10, and we're going to read from verse 1. How many of you are enjoying the word? How many of you love the word? Even if you don't enjoy it, I'm still going to enjoy it. So make my day and take it all in because he's got something powerful in store for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's what the king wants. Ooh. Why do you think Esther had so much favor in the sight of the king? Because all the other girls, they ran for the dresses they want. And it didn't impress the king because they ran for what they wanted. But Esther asked Mordecai, what does the king want? Mm. And the Bible says she ran for the dress the king wants. She bathed in the perfume the king liked. And the moment he laid eyes on her, his benches begin to beaver. His legs begin to shake. 
Huh? Remember when you laid eyes on that woman? Acting all holier than thou. Now, you remember when you laid eyes on her? The first time you knew from top to bottom. From top to bottom. This is the one I want. This is the one for me. Any men like that? Or is this pansies here this morning? Or is there men? You remember the last time you went to the toilet, you are a man. Any men up in here? When a man knows what he wants, he will get what he wants. So he pursued her because she knew what he wanted. If you give your man what he wants, you'll have the best man on planet earth. And all the ladies shout amen. And it's very easy to figure out what married men want. That's not very difficult. Seven principles of giving to the king. Write it down. Let's first read the text. 1 Kings chapter number 10 and verse 1. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with, with, with camels that bore spices, gold, precious stone. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. When you come to the king, you can speak whatever is in your heart. When you're in the presence of the king, you can speak your heart. He wants to hear your heart. Queen Sheba also represents the church of Jesus Christ. The bride of Christ. A woman always prophetically speaks of the bride of Christ. King Solomon represents the Christ. You have to see it through the red lens of Jesus Christ. How many do you see it through the blood? The Bible says in verse 3, So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. Verse 4 says, and when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built for the Lord, the Bible says the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service, service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers, and the gateway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no spirit in her it amazed her so much that her spirit even left her it was like she was beside herself when she saw the wisdom of the king when she saw the wealth of the king her breath left her how many of you are blown away by the king Woo. 
How many of you remember when you fell in love with him? When you fell in love with her? When you, let me just bring it to layman's terms. When you fell in love, it was like difficult to breathe in her presence. How many of you remember that? Some of you need like resurrection power in your marriage. I've got a hot brunette preaching in Krugersdorp this morning. That's my wife. And love just gets better. All the love is better than younger love. And all the married people shout amen. But how many of you remember that encounter? It took your breath away. She fell in love with his kingdom. <laughs> how many of you in love with the king? Woo. I feel the Holy Ghost here. Verse 6, then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and I saw with my own eyes and indeed the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men, and happy are these your, your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the God, your God, who delights in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king. To do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and spices in great quantity and precious stone. They were never again, they never, they never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Also the ships of Herm, which brought gold from upper, brought great quantities of almac wood and precious stones from upper. The Bible says in verse 12, and the king made steps of the almac wood for the house of the Lord and the king's house. Also harps and stringed instruments for singers. There never again came such much almac wood nor has the like been seen to this very day. Say with me, supernatural wealth will be activated in the mighty name of Jesus. Verse 13, now King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired. Watch what happened the moment she released the gifts. It gave her total access whatever the king had say with me total access whatever she asked besides what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity see the king sowed back even as she sowed into him and I want to show you why say with me something happens when I give to the king so the Bible says she returned to her country. Write down seven principles of giving to a king. Number one, write it down. 
The glory of a king is his power to outgive other kings. It's the glory of his power to outgive other kings. Can I take us into Godology? The Bible says that we were made in his image and his likeness. Genesis 1 says that he spoke to himself and he said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, make mankind in our image and our likeness and let them have dominion on the face of the earth. Godology tells me I am bone of his bone. I am flesh of his flesh. That as he is, so I am in this domain. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Who are the other kings he's talking about? That's you here this morning. If you believe it, if you receive it. You are a king in this domain. And you are a king in his domain. You rule the visible world from the invisible realm. So here's the revelation. She gave in the mega into his life. But in order for him to keep his throne, he had to outgive her. Can I take this parallel to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? There's one that said in Luke 6, 38. There's a king that, that said something in red letters in your Bible. Give and it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Can I take this into the extreme? I stay in context. If Jesus, the King of Kings, does not outgive back into your life, He's removed from his throne. In order for him to stay on the throne, he must outgive you. Hey, I feel fire up in here. He will take on your challenge anytime, anywhere, because you cannot outgive the king. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Under the old covenant. Can I preach here this morning? Because if you don't take it, Cape Town will take it. Are you ready to take it? Are you ready to receive it? If you study the Old Testament, they tried to outgive the king. And it was a bloody sacrifice. They brought animals to be slaughtered as sacrificial offerings. Watch this. God the Father looked over them. Said, hi, Kona. 
I am still the king. And you cannot outgive me. I will take my only son. And I will put him on a cross. To show you. Nobody can beat my giving. And he paid the price. To prove. He is the king of kings. And the Lord of lords. The glory of a king is his power to outgive other kings. There's something coming back to you because you've been giving to a king. You've been sowing to a king. There's something coming back to you and it's going to be mega, 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 mega. You better shout and give the king of kings and the lord of lords the biggest praise you've ever given him. Number two, giving places a demand on the wealth of the king. Queen Sheba in the spirit was manipulating the realm of the spirit. For the king, his wealth to come into her life. She knew if I give of my wealth to King Solomon, I am guilty by association. In the spirit, I am connecting myself to that mantle of wealth that is upon his life and increase by association must manifest. How many of you have only seen increase since you've been in association with King Jesus? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So in the spirit, she was manipulating and maneuvering the spirit world to put herself in a position to increase her kingdom. I see somebody increasing. Ah, yeah, brost echelamonkri agertidis apahaya. I'll preach myself happy. Number three, giving to a king requires and demands a response from a king. Oh my God. That's what happened to the woman with the alabaster box. She took that offering that was worth a year's wages, that that costly perfume, and she poured it on the king's feet. The disciples, the religious spirit, begin to attack prosperity preaching. Because that day she set the standard for blessing the king. And they begin to manifest. The disciples begin to manifest. They say, no, 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 stop it. We could have sold this and given it to the poor. Jesus says, shut up. That's my translation. You morons, you ugly fool. No, I'm just joking. Okay. You will always have the poor among you. But what she did was a noble thing. 
in the spirit she placed a demand on the wealth of the king of kings and the lord of lords in the spirit she knew that i am going to get a response from the king Whenever you come with a mentality, I want to come take something here. I, I want to receive. I just want to receive. I'm not going to give. You are not actually receiving. When you come with the mentality, I am here to bring something. I am here to serve. I'm here to bring something to the king. The king must respond. The king responded many times in scripture because people demanded a response in their giving. The king cannot deny you when you present the gift before him. It's the protocol of the palace. Whenever anyone comes with a gift, the king must respond. Otherwise, he's no longer king. How many of you are ready to see the king respond? I see the king responding. Upon every sacrifice you've laid on his altar, I see the king responding on every... I wonder if there's anybody... That have brought sacrificial offerings. I wonder if there's any radical givers here this morning and online. Because I see the response of the king. Turn to your neighbor and say, I see the king responding. Number three, giving to the king requires and demands a response from the king. Number four. If you want to get something from a king, all you have to do is, is to give something of yourself. Ooh. If you want to get something from a king, all you have to do is do something from yourself. Say with me, divine exchange. Say it one more time, divine exchange. When the church get a hold of this revelation, revival will break out. Because revival is provoked through sacrifice. <sighs> Number five. So herein lies the problem. That the king cannot give the same as what you gave him. Mm. He has to outgive you. In his nature as king. To keep his throne. The nature of the king. Is to give back into your life. Way beyond what you expected him to give. And oh how he has surprised us. Every time. 
he surprised us. Number six, giving to the king attracts his wealth to the giver. The wealth of the king, let me put it this way, will begin to flirt with you. The wealth of the king will be pulled to you. This means in the spirit, the wealth of the king suddenly has an attraction to you. Suddenly you look good. Suddenly you are attractive to the wealth of the king. Honor the wealth of the king and you'll get the king's wealth. Number seven. Somebody said the church is quiet because they're writing. Giving to the king gives you all access to wisdom and favor. All access to wisdom and favor. The door stays open. You have all access. To supernatural wisdom. The Bible says there's not one thing Solomon withheld from Queen Sheba. Don't believe the lie of the enemy for one moment. You have all access. Do you think the king will withhold wisdom and favor from the faithful tither? Faithfully tithing into his kingdom. Faithfully, sacrificially giving into his kingdom. There's no way. The king gives you total access to all his wisdom. That wisdom will bring you favor. That wisdom will bring you increase. That wisdom will cause things to begin to multiply. Don't worry, they just have some joy in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's looking constipated. Those having joy, they're okay. That's just their brimming cup running over. Because joy is a sign. The king has arrived. Where the king is, there's much joy. So when somebody goes into a laughing fit, it's the reality of the king. Because some respond different. You might cry in the presence of the king. Others might laugh uncontrollably in the presence of the king. Just allow him to touch you. Ooh. 
Just allow him to do a work in your life. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that you've been blessed. For more information on how you can partner with us in our global vision to bring revival to every tribe and nation, visit us at revivalcc.org.